Oh, hey, Kate. Oh, hi, Ryan. How are you? Oh, I'm just fine and dandy. I am decidedly unshowered for 2.37 on a Monday. Um, oh, that's fun. Even though I... I went to Watertown and got lunch with Fez afterward and <laughs> had have had like a full day. <laughs> oh, you're gross. <laughs> I'm gross. I'm disgusting. It's all good. It's all good. It's okay. I'm disgusting too. I... Frankie and I both are pretty gross. Um, but that's okay. She's got a clean diaper at least, so and we're I can give you that, child. Child, I'll give you a clean diaper. We're here to celebrate your right to be gross, Kate. I just, you know, there's there's such an impulse to be so to be so clean and whatnot. It's very um, puritanical. Indeed, indeed, because we're all dirty. We're all garbage. You know, it's a fine. It's a we are. We are, and cleanliness is godliness, and order and righteousness and all that. I, there really is like a a, a very fascinating uh, historical precedent there that I that I am interested in discussing more, but. There is this other part of it that's like, okay, so dialectical behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, let's talk through what self-care looks like. And you know what it looks like, Brian? It looks like bathing most every day. That's how you know you're not sinking into, you know, clinical depression. (laughs) So there's part of me that's like, get in the goddamn shower. And then there's part of me that's like, yeah, but not all of France is depressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. So, am I European or am I in trouble? That's a very, I mean, we could play that game with a lot of things. With a lot. Um, uh... Yeah, we could play that game with a lot of things. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, so exactly, it, exactly. That sort Frankie. of makes me think about prudishness, and prudishness is something that I have hardwired into me being raised Catholic. Sure, sure. So prudishness is somewhere in my. It's somewhere in my bloodstream and I resist it as often as I can. And whenever I can identify it as being like a key player in a decision I'm making or a reaction I'm having. Prudishness to me is uh, undesirable and limits creative and productive thought. And yet, and yet, I'm in, I'm in a 10 a.m. vinyasa yoga class. I've unrolled my mat. I've I got my blankets in my box, and I'm and I'm ready to practice in a in a in somebody else's class. It's got about sixteen thousand people in it, and I'm excited for the group energy. And who sits next to me? But a couple. Uh, a couple of I don't. I, a couple. Uh, they were probably probably maybe in their fifties. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I believe husband and wife. And in me, okay, so I knew things were going to go south when I had stepped out to pump for a hot second and stepped back in 
and they had moved my mat so that they could be next to each other. That was always like the first thing that's like, oh, you put your hands on my shit. That's what you did. You put your hands all over my shit. And then I was like, calm it down, Kate. It's okay. You would have let them anyways had they asked and you weren't there to ask. And so they wanted to practice. No big thing. That's fine. So I let it go. And then we lay down and we are cued to hug our knees into our stomach and immediately I start hearing that deep, I, you know, it's sexual, it's sexual breathing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I hate to sound like a dick, but like, you know it when you hear it. It's when that, it's when, and it doesn't happen all the time, but it's that, oh, like, <laughs> Relief to be on the mat, and I immediately like owl my head over. I just <laughs> head over, and I was like, "You went," and like I was an inch away from saying, "Are you going to do that all class?" Because I will roll up my mat and I will walk up right now, like gem in the holograms. I will be. <laughs> I can't be. I don't have the bandwidth right now that I normally do. But like that's my, you know. And then, then, then in my head, I hear the voice, "Kate, that's your yoga." This is your yoga for today. This couple that's going to heavily breathe <laughs> with pleasure. <laughs> that's your yoga. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not my yoga. My yoga was just to come and practice yoga. But now it's this. Yes. And so then I, I, so I feel guilty for having such a strong response. And then the woman was like putting her hands in my mouth. <laughs> She didn't mean to, but it was like the kind of thing, it was the kind of thing where it was like, I don't know if I was just feeling very fiery. And so my patience was lower than usual. But at one point during class, you know, we were cued to stretch our arms out as we dive into a forward fold. And she took that so literally that she failed to notice that I was right next to her and put her hands like over my face, like onto my face. (laughs) And I looked at her, she didn't even acknowledge that she had just like, Put her hand how, in ma- how many people are in this class right now? It could have happened in any class. We were we were not like super close together. It was like a, I'm sure it was a sold out class. There were probably sixty, but the room can hold seventy five. And um, you know, like it wasn't an insane amount of people. It was crowded, but it wasn't like it wasn't to the point where you were like, oh no, I'm going to get a foot in my face. Yeah. Certainly wasn't anticipating a hand in my face. And then it happened a few more times. And I just, we've all been to classes like that. But I, I definitely had a, had a moment where I was like, I am not, I am not doing a good job with my yoga. And it had nothing to do with the shapes. It had to do with my, you know, with just feeling really freaking angry. Yeah. You're like, that's why I don't go to classes. <laughs> that's why I don't Well, it, no, I, that's, that's my, like, expectation of going to a class, which is why I don't go. So, like, if I'm going to a class, I am probably expecting that I'm going to get, like, smacked in the face or, you know, uh, get, a, get a crappy mm. adjustment or, you know... Whatever the case may be. That noise. Whatever the case may be. Um, I remember when 
that was that was not the outlier, but that was the norm. Like <laughs> where everybody in class would be be you know, there was a time, like especially when things were more forest yoga y in Boston, where like the moaning in class was like the thing that you did. Um, never really a thing that I did. <laughs> um, but uh um but you know it it there's a, there's a difference to me between just like you know it can be therapeutic to to make some noise um but you know you also have to be aware that you're in a room with 60 other people <laughs> like yeah, both yeah. things both things can be true at the same time um so i guess that's where i got caught up because there was a part of me that was like I have 100% made like relief relief sounds, you know, like the yeah. or like or oh my god, this is really hard. Like you know, like I'm sure I make a mild of, a mild grunt, but, if you will. Yeah, but you know, I'll tell you, the noise I don't make is sexual, and then I have to question my irritation with it. Yeah. So am I just being like? Prudy McPruderson, because if they were next to me and had made a sound like, oh, I'm working so hard, like, uh, I probably would have giggled and been like in camaraderie, like it would have been something we could have shared. But because it didn't feel like a shareable thing, it felt intimate. Sure. And like, the, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, no, 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 man, I'm in the wrong. Sure. Or it's not that I'm in the wrong, but I'm recognizing that the thing I'm responding to is my prudishness. My prudishness is the thing that has reared its head and said, oh, no, I don't like that noise. That noise won't do it all. <laughs> and that's not fair. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an interesting thing. It's an, it's an interesting... Uh, I don't know that it's really a paradox, but... <laughs> yeah, like, oh, oh, their sexuality is offensive to me. Like, well, fuck me, then. That's my bag. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, the class is not described as a, (laughs) you know, this is a, I just, I want to know if I'm walking into like a sexual class. I don't know. A sexual class? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like the unspoken expectation that this is a neutered space. Yeah. Yeah. That this is without... Eros. (laughs) Eros. <laughs> sure. Which is an interesting expectation to have of any space. <laughs> it's like, would you like a white padded room in which to do yoga? Um, yeah, I don't know, Ryan. I, I don't want to be a prude. I don't want to be a prude. But I also don't want to practice next to a couple that's like in the middle of foreplay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm glad you didn't say anything though. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I had a cut. I did do a couple like, okay, Kate, you're allowed to say something if the following happens, or if you hear it again in the next 15 seconds, you're allowed to say something. Or I, I just kept giving myself permission to leave. Yeah, I think that was it. Like I was like, you know what, Kate, if you're just having a rough day and you're not in a good headspace to be patient with the people around you, it's okay to, to leave. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, now I have freedom 
and now I'm less angry and was able to enjoy the class, you know? Yeah. And thank- thankfully the teacher is one um, who I adore and uh, this teacher tends to know, I don't know. I just, we have a running joke that whenever I take that class, I end up next to the person doing the sort of loopy thing. Fair. <laughs> so I was able to lock eyes with them and have a moment of, of course, of course, of course this is happening right now. Of course. Um, it, it, I, um, I don't know where my brain just went. Um, this is the interesting issue of recording on Mondays after I've been in Tom's office all morning. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, uh, and and there was there today he he did do some manual work on on me, so I'm still like digesting. <laughs> but it it the morning started uh, with like a series of of just completely reactive moments on my my regard uh like i woke up there were a bunch of messages that like the website was giving some error message and then i woke up like an hour later than i needed to uh and that like and i you know these are like things that shouldn't like spin me off into you know uh anger but this morning it was just like there, there was a voice in my head being like okay high reactivity you don't need to do this mm-hmm. right now but it was not a quick enough voice to like override the, the habit that was about to happen oh man and i think i like i sat down in front of the computer and i started trying to fix something and i just yelled like fuck at the top of my lungs my roommate looked at me like what is happening and you're like this is my yoga for the day <laughs> And it was, but that's like, that's, I was talking about this with someone the other day. It's like, um, like the purpose of practice is not that you're going to be able to like stop that from happening, but like the really interesting, like, like part of you that is observing the reactivity and fully aware of the reactivity, (laughs) just not able to choose another like outlet for it. Like, (laughs) like there's no other choice in the moment. Or, or that's not even there's no other choice. It's that there's like, there's not enough space to make another choice because it's yeah. just happening so quick. And the, it's the, your awareness is catching up to you, like running, trying to run like a thousand miles a minute to be like, Hey, Oh, okay. This is, this is, you don't need to do this. <laughs> you don't need to do this right now. Uh-huh. And, and so it was, it was a very, um, interesting interesting morning um uh and um i don't know i just i i'm constantly amazed when that uh when that happens and there's both no other choice but for you to like overreact horribly to the situation like that's just that's just what you're doing and yet there's still a part of you that is at the very same time being like why are you you know that this isn't helpful, right? Like, <laughs> you know that screaming at the computer is not going to fix the website, right? <laughs> you know that <laughs> no amount of swearing is going to give you that extra hour that you slept in that you didn't want to sleep. You know what I mean? Like, there's... 
And all of that is, is present in your awareness, but yet still, there you are, screaming at the computer, <laughs> throwing a tantrum. That's the word. That is the word. It is. That is. It is tantrum. absolutely the word. It is the tan. It is the habit of tantrum that we. Uh, I don't like this. I'm good. Yeah. It's that energy. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Um. Uh. So. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This is always just so fucking fucking amusing. Um. Uh, how has teaching been going? Um, good. It's been going well. I've been going through a little bit of a phase where in the middle of every class, I have wanted to have a moment where it feels like we're at a roller rink. Describe. It's just been important to me that not the whole class, but at some point in class, something musically happens that makes people like loosen up a little. Mm-hmm. And then once, once we have that moment, I can talk in depth about alignment <laughs> or about, you know, something that I, whatever it is I want to talk about, I, I feel like I can go in with a little bit more detail because people feel patient once they've had a moment at the roller rink. And um, so that's been in the form of like, you know, sort of out of nowhere, the Bee Gees come on. Sure. Um, And, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been important for me and I've been enjoying this, uh, this little experiment and you know and I think the the important thing about the musical choice whatever it is is um, it's not like a free flow or anything it's just like during class when we're usually on our way up a mountain or some sort or you know when we're still warming uh, it cannot it's not a song that was made it sort of one of my unspoken rules is it cannot be a song that was made in the last like 15 years it's got to be something Older and joyful. Because uh, there's a lot of people in my class that, uh, you know, are not in their 20s or 30s. And so often in quote-unquote vinyasa classes, there'll be, there'll be like pop music that'll make an occasional appearance, even if it's like a remix. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's always, I, I just think we have such a rich, you know, so much great music from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, like, that could make other people feel the way that 20-year-olds feel when, like, Kygo comes on. You know what I mean? Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what the music you just referenced was. It's like the guy that plays Calypso drums, but it's like a techie DJ. Okay. <laughs> That's all you need to know. I totally enjoy the music, by the way. But um, I don't know, Ryan. It's, you know, I, I know and I'm always interested to hear your your immersion and intentional omission of music is very valuable 
to me, your opinions on that. But when I think about my teaching right now, it's been, um, I've been enjoying playing a lot with the mood in the room and, and what there is to, to learn from practicing in and around different moods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think I don't know what that mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, I don't know how, I feel like we go down this road so many times. Uh, I just don't, like, I don't know what a particular, I don't know what music is going to, prompt what reaction from like it's just it's too much of a variable for me um because you know the music that i you know i'm not denying that music can't be used in conjunction to practice to set a particular mood or you know meaning that it can profoundly affect the nervous system um but it profoundly affects the nervous system in very, very, very different ways, even if there's no storyline around the music being played. Like, cause isn't the it one, the same, but one, isn't that true of any and every shape that you present? Sure. Like any asana? Sure, but if they're coming to an asana class, I, I don't want the added variable of music. If we were coming to talk about music and, you know, somehow using asana as a support for listening to and digesting and and moving with music, then that would be a very different looking class. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, and certainly... Um, uh, you know, there's actually something really valuable to that, like to to actually um, uh, you know, there are times especially uh, when I was in grad school, if I was doing like a study of a particular score or something like that, um, uh, like part of my process would be like supporting and my body in a relaxed position and basically just applying the same focus that you would to the breath if you were doing seated meditation um, to what was going on in the music. Um, But using my knowledge of asana, particularly restorative asana, to support myself in a shape where the physical body could relax and I could just use my auditory, like not even having the score in front of me, just like listening to the music as a meditation-like endeavor, um, noticing what I hear, noticing what I don't hear, noticing, you know, whatever whatever I happen to notice from, from doing that endeavor. Um, and that is using asana to support the, uh, um, an inquiry into a particular piece of music. Um, but I just don't think it, it's not supportive to learning material, learning skills in asana. It can very well be supportive to putting people in a frame of 
mind uh, that um, allows them to uh, be led through a practice. Um, or allows them to be able to receive information that's provided afterwards. Which well, is sure. what I mean, if you're using if you're using the, the music to to quiet um, or to, you know, but, but still, I just don't, I, you know, people can can do whatever they want. Like people play music at Bow Street um, uh, very sparsely uh, and not through the entire class. But people use music at, at Bow Street and I have no qualms about that i mean i'm not going to spend a bunch of money on like a really nice sound system or anything like that um but uh people certainly use music and that's fine um i just find it to be a distracting to me as someone who is very much drawn in by music um and i just can't like that's the, that's gonna win every time. If there's music playing, there's no, I'm I'm not gonna give a flying fuck about my hip joint. Like, <laughs> like my my mind is going to focus on the music. Um, uh, Do you feel that way if a studio smells like Cinnabon? No. Interesting. Yeah. So we we really never know what is going to take somebody out of the room. Indeed. And, and so that's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's what I'm saying is like, I'm going to limit that. There are so many variables. I'm just going to pull that one out of the equation. Yeah. And I guess I'm just like of the thought of there are so many variables and I am not really genuinely in any meaningful way in control. So, I mean, in control of how people respond to anything. And that's not my job. But what is my job is given the tools at my disposal, how can I potentially offer a class and teach something during that class that incorporates um, many of the senses? And because I, I don't know, I just, there's just, yeah, we've had this conversation a whole bunch of times. I know I, this does tie into the idea, though, of of purity and isolating and cleanliness and and a little bit of um I don't know like I go to your class and it never feels like there's no music. Does that make sense? Like I'm not in your class saying, "Gosh, you know what this class needs music." <laughs> like I don't experience your class that way. Yeah. But I also just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, obviously, you can't control how another person experiences something. But you could certainly, you know, um, uh, you know, if I was someone who every time I got on my yoga mat, I had to have, like, it was incredibly beneficial for me to have music playing at least even if it was just to start class or I mean just to start my practice, then you better believe that I would probably be playing music in classes. But since 99% of the time I'm practicing in silence, 
Um, ah, yeah. Like, uh, you know. Then it would be disingenuous for you to teach in a different way. Yeah, or, I mean, maybe, I mean, in, unless there was some, like, really, I don't know. I, because I did, there was a time where I taught with music. Um, but it was, like I said, it was distracting and I was really just doing it because that was the expectation of me as a yoga teacher. So like when I practice at home, I put on music that helps me, you know, in the same way that like burning sage helps me like I there are a lot of tools that I use to to practice you know a because it's a habit and b because they bring me joy and there are a lot of things that I I feel up against when as barriers to doing things that are good for me and like I say this is a recovering alcoholic so I use every tool at my disposal that is innocuous um, and that brings me, uh, you know, they're breadcrumbs to a path that I should be hopping on anyways. So like when I set up at home, I, whatever room I'm practicing in, I bring my little portable speaker <laughs> and like it's arguably more important than my yoga mat, which, you know, might tell you a lot about my practice, you know, and I, well, I mean, I'm, I, I can see that I hardly use a yoga mat anymore. Um, unless I'm like lying on the floor doing stuff or, you know, if I'm doing standing poses or even mm -hmm. Surya Namaskar, I'm not, I'm not really using a, a yoga mat anymore. Um, it, it's, it, it, it's just there for, for padding at this point. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not denying that music can't be anything in 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 that supports practice can be absolutely helpful, but you know, when bringing it into the, you know, not only because I don't tend to use it as a support for my practice, which is not to say I never use it as a support for my practice, but, but just the, the vast majority of the time it is not helpful um, uh, for me. But then also because the uh um i don't find it helpful in the group dynamic of my classroom like of me sitting in front of the room and teaching it just it it gets in the way um um and some of that is just is probably be is probably just because of my background like i it, if it's not, um, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't study and go get my master's degree in music. I think it would be wildly distracting in the, in a very different way if I had that relationship with music and yoga. I, I, I get it. And and also, I would have to curate and time <laughs> things so carefully. And like when I was teaching with music, the times in which that would like come together 
in a really interesting and useful and and serendipitous way just in terms of the rhythm of my voice and whatever was playing at the moment like that was a cool choreographic coincidence that happened that clearly had a positive effect on some of the people's in the room some of the people in the room's nervous system but it was just like so rare that that was ever the case um uh, that it was just like, okay, no, we just need to focus on what's going on in the classroom here. Not, not worry about like how the rhythm of, of my, like how the whole thing orchestrates together. Cause that's where my mind's going to go. Um, whether I like it or not. Um, not whether I do like that my mind goes there. I just, it's just, I, I don't want to be coordinating that when I'm trying to deal with the variable of every person's body in the room and the room itself and the kids screaming upstairs at Bow Street and the, like, it's, <laughs> it's just like, no, 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 we're not, we're not playing that game. <laughs> um, but, I, but, but I do want to be clear that it's, that I'm not saying that, like, if you're playing music, you're doing something wrong. I just like anything if music is a thoughtful support for practice then great but there should be a clear intention behind it um um yeah i guess that's all i'm all i'm ever saying on that subject uh, well i i have a lot of i'm very clear with my intention with my with my playlists they you know, it's interesting though. Like, if I teach a workshop, the music comes off. Well, yeah, because you know, you're trying like, to deliver material, not lead a practice. No, 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 no. That's not what I was going to say at all. And I don't agree with that theory. But um, I have people in the room that we're doing more having back and forth conversations. So the music doesn't really suit that mode of communication, you know, where you're actually communicating with words. Um, but I'll have it on for the part of class where we're practicing. But like, if we're breaking things down, I don't take, you know, the music comes off. If we're having a conversation, the music comes yeah. off and we're doing a lot more of that in a workshop. Um, so yeah, I mean, I agree about the difference between, teaching yoga and, and facilitating a yoga, an experience with yoga. <laughs> um, but I think you can do both. Mm -hmm. No, I agree that you can do both. I'm just saying that there are distinct modes of teaching. Like leading someone through a practice that illustrates the principles that you like is one thing and music may indeed be helpful in someone's process of that but the actual presentation of the material whether that's taking place in a workshop or a regular class like oftentimes that's just a it just becomes distraction at that point hmm Distraction is a big word in this conversation. Like, I think it carries a lot more meaning than we're giving it credit for. So something can distract us, but from what? From which 
from which portion of a practice, you know, cause I can be, I'm not saying distraction is a bad thing. No, I know. I know you're not, but it's, it's, it's one of those words. And I haven't done this in a while where I've made us unpack the meaning of an obvious word. <laughs> it, distraction I think meaning it, that you've, it, you know, in the context of practice, meaning that you were trying to pay attention to a particular thing and then you got your mind went elsewhere, which is not to say that the elsewhere isn't equally or more valuable than the thing you were paying attention to. But it is indeed, you are indeed distracted from the thing you are intending to pay attention to. That's in the, in the context of practice. Interesting. I think that I have a trouble with the idea that I could potentially purport to know what would distract someone based on my experience in class this weekend, I'm reminded that the presence of another person next to me breathing is sufficient to be a quote unquote distraction. And yet that moment was quote unquote, my yoga. Yeah. I, but, but this is, this is, this is diving too far. This is diving too far down the rabbit hole. I think it's just, we have to be aware of what's going on. What is going on is we're, you know, in the context of a yoga class where music is happening, there's a number of things happening. There are the people, in, there's the context of the people in the room, there's the context of the room itself, there's the context of who's leading the class, there's the context of the music that's being played and our relationship to said music. Um, there's the context of the shapes, there's the context uh, and the uh, shapes and choreography that's going on that makes up the asana class. You know, it's there. It's not to preference or demonize one or more aspects of that. It's just to realize that it's this giant feedback loop, and you know, the bigger the class, the more potential distractions, things yeah. to take you which off is not, of track. Which is not to say that distractions aren't a useful teaching tool. You know, or an inevitability based on the fact that you have left the cave. Sure, but it's it's, but you can. But part of our responsibility as, as someone who is leading a thing called yoga, <laughs> is to you know, have some sort of curation of the container in which we are presenting the practice, you know, whether that's a you know having a conversation around, hey, maybe let's put the cell phones away unless there's an emergency that's about to happen, or, um, you know, playing with the lights or the temperature in the room, or um, what music is being no, played, or, you know... The, you know, but don't you have more... Like, see, for me, I know I have more control over a playlist than I do over the people in the building next to me that will be using equipment or playing their own music, or the street noises outside. You know, it's arguably, it's a form of controlled uh, stimulus of the nervous system in a way that I can't, cannot control the surrounding noises otherwise. Not that that, and, and this is theoretical, this is not the reason I use music, but I'm saying it's it's arguably no different and just as potent. So like, I don't, it's not my defense of music in the classroom, but it's a good defense of music in the classroom classroom um for some 
Not yeah, for all. I don't know. I just think I just think it's so like the 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 least interesting part of what someone has to teach. Like even if someone's using music in in a classroom, and and I'm in their class, it's it's it, it's just the least interesting part of what someone. Oh someone my has god! To teach I to that's so interesting. I think it's like one of the most interesting things. The the every decision to me that somebody makes when they're when they're creating a space and teaching a class is interesting, and that's a huge one. When somebody chooses not to play it, that's super interesting to me when somebody chooses to play it it's fascinating what they chose to play and why is interesting how it affects my practice you know all of it to me is is interesting if somebody chooses to burn incense like all of those every detail matters even in its minutiae it's equally to me part of what somebody's doing as a teacher I guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people put a lot of thought into the music they play other than, okay. oh, this sounds that's, good. That's it. That's it. That's it. I think that's the thing. I know when somebody, okay, this is a good point. You bring up a good point. Like, I, But then again, I also don't think people put a lot of thought behind the, the sequences they put together sometimes. So, okay. <laughs> or not, yeah. I shouldn't say the sequences, but the, but the, the organ, I should say, not not sequences meaning choreography of of postures meaning that not a lot of thought into the organization of what they're teaching for that 75 or 90 minutes or hour however long the class is um um yeah so my I think you're spot on. Like when I go to a class and it's a shitty playlist, not shitty because, oh, I don't like this musician, but shitty because I'm like, wow, this makes no sense. Like I cannot, I cannot understand or untangle why you put this together or its relation to what you're teaching. You know, like when, when it's that, that tells me a lot. That tells me a shitload. And um, I, I think if you cannot do it well, don't do it. You know, like if you don't feel good about your playlists, you should be teaching without playlists. Yeah, but that's that's it's not that's it's the expectation. It takes a lot of uh, guts in most commercial yoga spaces to show up and not play music and be like, "No, this is it. We're just breathing and moving." I think it takes a lot of balls to play a bad playlist. I, I, I think it takes, I, I agree with you though, about what you just said. It takes a lot of balls to say no. Like, and can we at least agree, agree though, that like, you know, especially in the context of how the culture is training people to teach yoga, that like that really has no play, place. Like that, like the fact that I see some of that, you know, if someone wants to teach a workshop on how they how they organize music for class, like I'm totally fine with that. But I I, I see it sometimes getting like just <laughs> a lot of it, it. It's arguably not the most important part of class planning. Like, if if you were in the middle of planning a class and you're like, you know what? it would be really cool to have some, have a, a nice playlist for this class or, you know what, um, we're, we're getting in a little bit too, we're getting a little bit detailed this week. So I'm just not going to bother with, with the playlist 
um, this week. Like, okay, great. But I just, I, I don't, I don't really see it as being central to the act of teaching, which I think that that's what I'm, that's what I'm reacting to. If it's a useful support for teaching, especially if that's the expectation um, and you can figure out a way. It's, a prop. it's no different. It's no different than being like, Hey, everybody grab a bolster. That's how I, I mean, it can be, it's a psychic it, Ryan. It's it a, it's an emotional and psychic be. bolster. It, it can, can be, an emotional be maybe bolster. rarely. No. That. Oh, goody Prufrock doesn't care for the musical support structure. Um, by the way, that's your new when Ryan's being a purist. I imagine you with a buckle. It? It's not pure at this point. This is the end to not play music in yoga class. That is the that is the anti-purist thing to I like. Know. It has totally it's flipped true. over. Like. I, I just don't, I'm no, I'm now you're making me just like, I was trying to have like a, a like a, 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 a civilized, broad, a civilized <laughs> discourse. Around, and now I'm putting my foot down. It's bullshit. Goody Prendergast doesn't care for the musical stylings during services on Sunday. Ooh. <laughs> oh, did you hang up or clap? I can't tell. <laughs> I'm still here. No, I know. I I, I know. <laughs> I was going to be diplomatic and <laughs> politically correct, but now I'll just say that I get it. It's... You're Harvard and I'm I'm like barred. Like if, no, if our no, classes no, no, were no, if no, our no. classes were universities, it would be like, hey, you didn't get into Harvard, don't worry. You can probably go to Bard. No, 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 no. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it I I don't you know, while it absolutely as a personal support for practice, yes, sure, great. Put on some music, start moving. Um, you know abs- wonderful. Um uh, but I, I get a little wary when when it's uh, becomes a necessity in a in a group practice space. Um, would not say that it can't be used hey, skill, skillfully. Question. But, yeah. Do you feel? And I this is a genuine question. I'm not trying to do an aha moment. Um, do you feel that way with with props and like? I, you know what? I'm not going to disguise this as a question. This is a comment. I am starting to feel that way about my, m- some of my habits and how I teach. Like, okay, I always use this prop and I always do this one thing in class. Like whenever we feel we have to do something in class, is that, is that a good indication that it's time to examine what we're doing? Yeah. But if you examine it and decide that, you know, it's really valuable to use a block and triangle pose, then by all means use a block and triangle pose. And then you'll have that same discussion two years down the line. Is it valuable to use a block and triangle pose? And you'll realize for a time that, you know, maybe it's actually valuable to not use a block and triangle pose. And then you'll maybe a couple years down the line be like, oh, actually, it feels really good to like use that bottom arm as a as as almost in a um what's the word i'm looking for like 
vaguely Vashistasana-esque type of way so that you have more pliability through how you're using your legs. Like, you could certainly try something and see whether it's valuable. If you don't find it valuable on that day, it doesn't mean that it's never going to be valuable to you. It just means on that day it wasn't valuable to you. But at least you know you have the variable of, oh, I could put a block on the floor. Um, so certainly we could get stuck in a habit, like, you know, uh, in how we set up props for something or in how we enter, enter a particular pose. And, you know, we might explore other ways to do that and then realize, like, oh, actually, you know what, this really you know, at least as a generalized way to do the pose for myself, this is the way that I would attend to do it. Um, also realizing that I've tried these other ways and, you know, they have certain valuable aspects to coming into the pose this way and coming into the pose that way and using this support and that support. And I can feel certain things when I do it this way and I can feel other things more clearly when I do it that way. Um, yeah, it can just be a very matter-of-fact conversation. Because the, the, hopefully the, especially when we're talking about a conversation about, about asanas, they're forms in which we can feel what's going on in our body more clearly. Not even just in our body, to feel what's going on within ourselves more clearly. Um, and we may choose to do things differently depending on what we're trying to feel and explore. I'm glad. I like to ask you that question every so often because sometimes I start getting, I start, when we have, when we start having these lines of inquiry, I start thinking, well, Jesus, if I'm going to question my use of music, I need to question my use of everything and anything. And I, you know, um, the, and, and the, the Trikonasana anecdote is like a, is that's a, that's a real anecdote. I went, I okay. Let's let's actually use this because it's a brilliant examination of of this inquiry. So, I remember the last day of my two hundred hour teacher training. Um, uh, there was like time for kind of last questions review. This was like after the final class that we taught in uh, that you know I think there were like groups of two or something like that. Um, uh, and, and we'd been sort of, uh, given feedback on that. And, and this was kind of like the last, last couple of hours that we had. And we was just like there for open questions and, and things like that. And I remember saying to, uh, Sarah Trelise, who's still a teacher, she lives out in the Portland area. Um, really wonderful teacher for anyone who is out in Portland and has not already encountered her. Um, I was like, I don't understand what is this trikonasana thing. We do it every class, but I have no clue what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and she was like, okay, well, show me how you're doing trikonasana. And I did. She's like, that looks pretty good to me. And I didn't have the words, but what I should have said is it, it doesn't either it doesn't feel good I mean I can't put myself back in that body then but my sense was that it doesn't feel good and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be um what the point of doing it is beyond it's just a yoga pose that we're supposed to do 
and then fast forward to studying with with Barbara, there is this real emphasis on um, which you may have remembered from taking my classes, you know, two or three years ago of kind of starting from more of a Parsvottanasana, more of a pyramid pose type uh, setting and rolling the chest open and letting the hip follow mm -hmm. um, to sort of de-emphasize the, the sort of dogmatic hips squared to a pane of, or like the hips between a pane of glass or whatever people used to say. Oh God. But, um, uh, so that was valuable in that it taught me a way to do trikonasana um, in which I didn't have to worry about what my hips were doing because it just I was just trying to turn and I was just finding a little bit of movement from a lot of different places to turn open. Um, but then that always that didn't always work out because I still didn't feel like I understood felt like that was a valuable entry, but I still didn't really understand the mechanics of what was going on because I would still get a little pinch in the SI joint. I would still get, you know, um, and, you know, a combination between, you know, kind of Leslie's approach of like not even really going that far into the pose, like just setting your feet with the intention of triangle pose and like, you know, being really unsupported in the pose with much less range of motion involved and feeling the strength that it took to actually do that and then working with Tom to be like oh I can actually enter this in sort of the more traditional type way and use the leverage of my arms to actually feel really clearly what's going on in each hip joint what's going on in the muscles around the hip where are things gripping what are my options how can I move the legs to steer the body towards triangle pose and still probably not end up with my hand on the floor and so I did that for the sort of unsupported version for maybe like two straight years in my own practice and then found myself being like sort of dogmatic about people not putting their hand down onto the floor or the block. And then I was like, oh, okay, but if you're dogmatic about that, that's the same thing as being dogmatic about squaring the like making the hips be a pain. Like what, what's the word that, the, what's the phrase that they use, used to use? Between two panes of glass. Between, thank you. Between two panes of glass. And feeling like, actually, if I do have a block or a chair, um, or sometimes I do this thing with the uh, broom handle, where the, the, the butt of the broom handle is down by the inner arch of the foot, and I can rest the entirety of my front leg on the broom handle and hold it with my top hand. Does that make sense? Can you visualize that? No, do it again for our viewers at home. So if you're in Trikonasana and you take uh, just like you, you unscrew a long broom handle. So now you just have a stick. You just have a stick. And okay. you place the butt end on the inner edge of the foot, front foot. And it, the pole goes underneath the front leg and up and back so that you're holding it with your top hand. And then you... So you're holding it like a fancy cane? Kind of, except it's 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 going behind you. It's going underneath oh. your front leg, and you can rest the entirety of your front thigh bone and shin on that dowel, and use the leverage of, and the support of the pole so that you don't have to use the full strength of the legs to hold your body weight upright. And then you have some more room to play with what's going on through the joints of the leg, 
and also what's going on through the joints of the spine because you can use the top arm to leverage rotation in a different way. Um, so it was not about, the benefit was not either doing the pose unsupported, doing the pose supported, doing the pose the way that where it's supposed to be the body between two panes of glass. It was that this form provided a, you know, at this point, uh, decades long exploration of like, well, how the fuck do my hips work? And how does that set the stage for what I can do with my spine? So if you, one could have that level of inquiry with music, great. Um, but I would need to have that level. I still, after studying music for as long as I did, would have to have that even more inquiry with music as its own thing before and how it interacts with with my nervous system before I could ever like add the body as a variable into that. Hmm. But it's not that everyone needs to think in that way. It's just that like, there are many different ways to have an inquiry about these things, many different ways to inquire into our experience. It's just, I'm just advocating for thoughtful practice no matter what we're using as a prop for practice even if it's a fucking goat <laughs> or you know I, I i could i could wrap my head around a goat better than i can wrap my head around a, a bottle of beer but if someone had a solid enough reason in their own practice not as a commercial you know entity but in their own practice if someone wanted to have that inquiry with alcohol I could probably get behind it, though I think it would be a tricky thing to do. Yeah, and this is where I have to check in with the the Puritan deep inside. Because um, back to your original question, how's teaching going? And my response was, I really have wanted to have a moment a disco. I want. I want a roller rink in the middle of class. I want it there for like. So what you're saying five, is you want to seven in, minutes inject a I want sense to of play. Thoughtful and intel. A thoughtful, thoughtful approach to. All right, everybody. Whatever, whatever that shit is in your head right now. Whatever it is, just shut it, shut it off, shut it off for a second, and that's. Um, you know, that's purposeful for me. You know, it's not something where I'm like, I just want to hear this song. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is the song that's going to help me attempt to achieve this manipulation of the nervous system um, is my is my defense. Not that I'm I, in well, I would, I but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's my I wouldn't my think thought. of it as a de defense, but if that's if that's the why, then that's fine. And then, of course, you see how it, how and if it's working and valuable for the people in your class. And, you know, you might find that some days it is and some days it isn't. And some days it feels appropriate. And other days you're like, actually, everyone's already really <laughs> dropped in. So I could probably just skip that and keep going. You know what I mean? Like, you know, 
there's the planning of the class, and then, of course, there's the execution, where you have to kind of play with... You have to sort of assess things on the fly. Because um, I'm not saying that I could never see a situation where I'd look around the room and see everybody, like, so tense and rigid that I might not be like, okay, I'm going to turn on Led Zeppelin as loud as I can <laughs> on these little tiny Bose speakers, and we're just going to fucking move for 10 minutes, and then we'll come back to whatever it is that I planned. Like, I, I could see a, 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 and envision a hypothetical where I would find that to be useful. Um, uh, or... Um, where I would find putting on something in uh, Shavasana would be useful, or even putting on something at the beginning of class um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be used. Like, you know, you you have to, at a certain point, like, no matter how many conversations you have, uh, hopefully everybody has, like, a Kate or someone that they sit and have the... I think that's the whole point of doing Unroll Podcast is so that other people can maybe find someone that they can have these conversations with, especially if they're yoga teachers, um, uh, and like parse these out on a theoretical. And then you walk into the classroom and you see who's there and you just kind of have to go with your experience and your instinct and, you know, teach who shows up. Um, and sometimes you'll do that really well. And sometimes you'll fall flat on your fucking face. <laughs> And sometimes you'll just leave with that, Meh. I taught a thing. <laughs> you'll leave with that, I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. You know, and I, I, I think this episode is going long, but with complete candor, I believe that there, there are times that the music is just as much for me as it is for the class. Like That's fair. You know, like if I, there are times where I'm like, this is going to help me teach a better class. Yeah. And if that is one of my handicaps like i'm okay with that but even still i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily just like waking up in the morning having a cup of coffee you know what i think that's probably a good choice for my teaching like if i'm you know i'm teaching but i wouldn't even i wouldn't even think of it as a as a handicap if it's just like i mean there are times where you know in a 75 minute class uh, you know the opening sit like the opening meditation that i do um, tends to be about like six or seven minutes. Um, uh, in which I give instruction and then a little bit of silence. But of course, if I've had like a kind of a scattered day, I'm going to take like an extra three minutes to like not only settle me, but like wait for the classroom to settle. Cause I notice that if I'm feeling a little bit anxious and more so than usual, that like does, you know, quite possible that other people are in that same boat and so if we both take the you know just three extra minutes to settle the class inevitably goes better um 
So I think everybody has that way. And I think some people do that. Some people, that's their purpose for chanting Om. It is a chance, like, um, like it not only like begins the class and like makes a clear like beginning for the class, but it also, uh, I would imagine there are some people for whom it does calm the sort of anxiety of uh, being in front of a classroom and having to teach. Don't you think? Okay. Yes, a hundred percent. And I think I, you know, we don't often stop and acknowledge that while it is a privilege to teach, it is, um, it can be really fucking hard, you know, like I, and I'm not talking about, it's so hard. I'm not talking about just there is a very particular uh, work work is hard no matter what you're doing I think work is hard and it it can be particularly hard when it's you're you're up in front of a group of people and you're to some extent being porous and they're being porous and you just got to make sure that everybody's all right, you know, and it's, it's a hard time for everyone to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. So just like a moment of like, you know what? Fucking public speaking is hard. Yeah. Or, at least for, I think that's what's interesting sometimes about yoga teachers is it's not always the case that yoga teachers come to teaching yoga because they're outgoing and gregarious and they like the spotlight and they like they like speaking to big groups. Some teachers, a hundred percent, that's what's going on. Yeah, you know, like and and they have a background in in dance or something like or or gymnastics or yeah there's a performative background going on there yeah and like all of the things came together and what a great what a great choice that was and then for some people it's like shit (laughs) shit you know deep passion there's also requires something that causes deep anxiety yeah well and also there's a Hello? I know I'm here. Just to pause. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a full term pause. <laughs> that was a fourth trimester pause. No, the, I was just going to say that there is there is something to be said about... Um, like there there is a... Uh, both a... Especially because I, I, I do tend to practice on my own. Um, there is like a joy to those moments where I get to be by myself um, uh, and in practice. And then there's also, you know, there's also a loneliness around that. And, you know, you don't, um, uh, it is, because you know some aspect of of 
you know, especially leading sort of weekly drop-in classes is simply just sharing practice with people, sharing your experience of yoga with other people. There is something really, um, you know, even though you might be able to kind of turn up the extrovert in yourself, you are sharing something very personal. You're sharing something, um, um, you know, hopefully with a little bit of, you know, as much vulnerability as you can muster for that day. Um, and, uh, that, that, uh, is, I don't know. That's, I don't even want to say it's a lot. It just, it just is a reality. Um, um, and just sort of one that, uh, I am constantly, uh, aware of. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So what's triggering you this week, Kate? <laughs> we took a sentimental turn on this episode. We did. I like it. I didn't. Th I didn't see us landing here. <laughs> did you have more to say? I, I didn't mean to like prematurely wrap wrap us up. No, 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 no. That's fine. I, I will on another day. I'm sort of. I'm absorbing the the uh, earnestness and the pathos of <laughs> you know of what you're just saying. Um, okay, what's triggering? What's triggering, and what's inspiring this week? Should we do? Should we bo be both doing the trigger, and then we could end with two inspiring things? Okay, yeah, you go first with the trigger. Um, okay, uh, so um, I don't know. I've just been generally, and, and maybe it's because I spent so much time in previous weeks dealing with like back end stuff for the studio. Uh, I've, like, every time I've had to go on, whether it's my body or the other scheduling program that I use or the website, I just, I, I just find myself being like, why does this even have to be a thing? I just want to teach yoga. And so every time that I've gone on, I've just had to like talk myself down off a ledge and be like, this technology is necessary for you to go teach yoga now. <laughs> so just deal with it. <laughs> A bit, but it's been like un unusually triggering all week every time I've had to engage with any one of those systems. Um, and I feel like it's you know one of those weeks where you feel like every piece of technology you touch just like completely shuts down on you. <laughs> I feel like I've been having one of those weeks. Hey, Ryan. What? Do you think that Mercury is in retrograde and that's what you're really dealing with? <laughs> <laughs> okay, new trigger. That <laughs> Kate just just beat my my trigger for the week. Hey Ryan, have you considered the fact that maybe it's the new moon? <laughs> Is it a new moon though? It's not. I have no idea. I'm just. I have no idea. Okay, uh, my trigger for the week. Why is it that when I put on a football game, I all of a sudden care? <laughs> Like it, I, I don't. Does that mean I care? Uh, no, it doesn't. Okay. 
Um, I have to say, okay, this is a funny anecdote in regards to football. Um, I went out with my friend um, Ian to grab dinner last night, uh, and we walked into the Independent in Union Square, and the host had this really like the the I wish I had like a moment by moment like read on his expression because I could tell that he was like because at first he goes are you here for dinner we were like yeah and then he starts walking us to a table and he goes football or no football and then I could (laughs) see his reaction go oh my god did I just offend them (laughs) to like waiting in anticipation of what our response was going to be (laughs) and we were like yeah no football and then we sat down and we were like we both turned and we go thank you for asking though (laughs) because he got us like a booth away from any of the screens that were showing oh so uh yeah so that that was that was hilarious (laughs) so my brother has a uh, uh, a uh, help me Super Bowl <laughs> Super Bowl party every year and it's like it's like my favorite thing in the world and I watch the game with great interest but mostly I'm just so thrilled to be around so much cheese and people excited about something well if there's cheese I'll do football <laughs> I mean let's <laughs> but also here's the thing it's starting to feel like uh, the WWF to me, like oh sure sure okay. all of yeah, these yeah. players at the end of the game like started having ankle injuries, and I was like that's bullshit. They're just trying to stop the momentum of the Patriots. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is theater. Yeah, this is theater. It, it's just yeah. And then I get mad because I'm like, have we all been duped? Does everybody not know that this is fake? This is fake, right? Is it fake? Or is this, uh, did they really hurt their ankles? And then I'm like, God, I'm burning through a lot of fuel thinking about this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Is it fake, right? Is it? Um, Is it like a little fake? uh, I don't know. You would have to ask somebody who knows things about sports ball. Here's here's sports ball. Here's the thing: if it is fake, Ryan, it's all fake. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be a cons. I resist conspiracy theories because they all make so much sense to me, and I think <laughs> I could go down the hole so fast. So I resist them, and I say football is fucking real, but but I think it's also fake, and I think it's all fake. Anyways, so that's, that's, yeah, I guess that's, oh, Jesus, that's my trigger. Um, so what's inspiring you this week? Oh, don't ask me that first. I can't pull positivity out of thin air. <laughs> um, okay, uh, <laughs> then I'll go first. Uh, I think I have, um, I think I have two. Um, the first is that I, uh, actually bought plane tickets to go on the various vacations and retreats that I had planned for the break between the two semesters of teaching that I do, um, 
because I was realizing that if I didn't just buy the damn plane ticket, I would talk myself into working those weeks instead of actually going and taking time to practice and relax. Um, so uh, I I am pleased that I was able to do that in you know year three of running running the yoga studio, um, and also uh, that. Um, um, I don't know, I've just been having a number of moments in practice where uh, you know when you have those moments in practice where you, you're like, oh, this is actually this is actually useful. <laughs> um, and, and that's slowly starting to happen with the material that I'm learning from Tom. And what's exciting about it is that it's not like, do this technique to fix your neck. Um, it's like, no, understand, understand the body in this particular way. Understand what the possibilities are and just do your best to, you know, relieve whatever issue is coming up. Um, and it's okay if you don't know how to fucking do it. <laughs> but, you know, to have enough of an understanding of the framework, you're like, okay, well, I can at least... I can at least make it feel better in a relative sense. Like, I can at least relieve pain in some sort of relative sense. Not using any, so, any sort of, you know, uh, simple, like... I need to strengthen this muscle to fix this, or I need, you know, like, there's a lot of that stuff around that that's just very prescriptive, um, and, um, uh, yeah, so I've just been really inspired that some of those, like, the dots are starting to connect a little bit, um, not in a way that I could ever, like, not in a way that I'm, like, ready to teach it yet, you know? just or even like practice it necessarily on someone else but just in a way like oh okay <laughs> this is you know I, I i'm starting to understand what where this is going um and it's always helpful to get little glimmers of that so that i don't uh because sometimes i i just uh, get frustrated with it um because it it's not like a uh, prescriptive list of exercises that he teaches. Like you would see in like a fierce medicine or, you know, one of Doug Keller's yoga therapy books. Like it, 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 it it's not really like that. Certainly there are things like that, uh, that I learned from him, but it, the, the process is much, much more important to the whole thing. So it's just always inspiring where I have experiences where that, uh, starts to uh work <laughs> well that makes me happy um what about you um i had a moment with um an article i read this morning about why uh, um what is different about motherhood now than motherhood in the 1950s like, what's harder about it? What's easier about it? 
And it was this thoughtful list that basically made the argument that it's fucking a lot harder. The expectations on, I think I, I've been, I had been, I've been struggling a little bit with the idea that I can simultaneously take care of Frankie in a meaningful way and take care of myself and continue to teach a, a good yoga class a couple times a week and be good at my other job and also make time to write and think and sleep and eat and bathe. And what does it fucking even mean to be, uh, and, and how is any of this sustainable without, you know, serious, serious damage, <laughs> you know, to, to, to me trying to do yeah. all of that and, and, and having the expectations that are unsaid and the expectations that are explicit. But the article did a really good job of saying, Hey, you know what? We don't have the support structures we used to and the expectations, you know, we have less support and more expectations on women than we've ever had. And I'm in the process of living that. And I think I'm inspired by the fact that if I step back for a second and I look at the mess of my life, mm -hmm. um, and I do mean mess, like the, the physical mess, it's messy. Um, that it's like, okay. And I'm doing, I'm doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm in no rush to get my body back and I resent the, the, the word back in that common phrase. And I'm in, and like, it sounds like I'm talking about a trigger, but I'm actually talking about something I'm inspired. Yeah. Um, it's a trigger I'm inspired by because I, there is a rush to get that body back. You don't get that body back. Mm -hmm. That body exists no longer mourn it. And I don't mean don't try to get in shape. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's like, I, I, are you going to also get your 17 year old body back? If you just work hard enough, do you defy death? Like, yeah, yeah. It's such a, it's such a vapid, it's like hunger to return to the womb. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm trying to enjoy at least the fact that, uh, my body is larger than it's been in a really long time and looks very different and feels very different. And, that's okay. And mm. it's fucking hard. It's, you know, to anybody out there that's got multiple kids, I, you know, hats off because this is my first rodeo and I only have one. And when I step back and look at the resources I have at my, my disposal, you know, I'm, I live in Boston. I have a roof over my head. I have a job there's food on the table. I have what I need yeah. and not everybody can say that. And I can't imagine, you know, if you took out one of the fucking support structures from this, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, but you know, to tidy this, this thought diarrhea up a little bit, I, I am in it. I'm inspired by the women that have time to write about, about uh, that have time to pick up their heads, look around and say something thoughtful about what it means to be a fucking uh, mother or primary caretaker of any sort. Yeah. 
because it, you to have a, the bandwidth to even fucking write and share a thought is hard and that's like what we need more than than ever this you know caretaking communities like that they need to read what other <laughs> people are going through so they know they're not alone so they know they're not fucking everything up um but to do that requires herculean effort yeah so I'm inspired by the women that have gone before me and the men who have gone before me and the caretakers that have gone before me that have had the time and the audacity to write about it or share about it in some way because uh, it brought me relief uh, this morning when I read. End of thought. When you read, end of thought. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I read, period. Lovely. 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 Oh, God, Ryan, I smell so bad. Me too. This has been unrolled. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. Yes, we are. Okay. So, uh, uh, if, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Tell all your friends about us. Tell all your friends what you found here if you liked it. Or if you didn't like it. Or if you didn't like it, tell them. Um, please let me know. Is uh, is uh, football real? Yes, we're all dying to know. All of the voices in both of our or heads. any other <laughs> or any other thoughts you have. We'd love to hear from you. Um, comments, criticisms, concerns, questions, topics you'd like us to cover. Um, and. Uh, what's the other thing? Oh, and if you have it in your heart and in your wallet to share a buck or two with us to help us cover the costs of um, producing and housing this podcast, please do. We are definitely on Spotify, which is a really easy way to share this with your friends if you want, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, and to email us, we are unrolledpodcast at gmail.com. Is that right, Ryan? Did I get that right? Uh, yes, you did. Um, After we four, are, I, I should say we're also on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. And I know, but Spotify is really exciting. You know why? Because I use Spotify. Oh, so it's all about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye.